Hello, this is James Riddler for Food Manufacture, and I was in conversation with Suzanne van den Ischoff, Global Marketing Lead for Food at Friesland Campina, to discuss some of the key global trends among consumers in 2022. For us, it's the fourth uh, trend report that we're doing now. Each year it has become slightly bigger and, uh, and more advanced. Um, and I think trends in general, I mean, they develop gradually over the years. Uh, I think what we've seen now with a global pandemic is quite impactful and has led its uh, yeah its marks in how consumers uh, view the world. And to give an example, there's a, a trend, uh, one of the first global trends we identified is uh, being my better me, which is uh, holistically more about health. Um, and there you see that now consumers in the pandemic, they have seen how fragile life can be. And there, I think that had an impact on, yeah, people's realizing of, uh, their importance of their own health and the role they have to play themselves into uh, yeah, making, uh, becoming slightly healthier and sticking to those habits as we gradually yeah, slowly uh, move out of uh, COVID. On the other hand, I think we have to realize we have to live with COVID for the longer, uh, for the longer term. So consumers are really keen to stick on to those healthy habits. And, and they're looking also for products that, uh, that support them in that way. And then we don't talk about food only, obviously. It's also about uh, taking regular exercise or getting enough uh, sleep uh, or having a good work-life balance. Um, yeah, unfortunately, also governments and other organizations are helping consumers with, uh, for example, sugar tax or traffic light systems or the Nutri-Score label, which is uh, now really gaining popularity here in, the, in Europe. And when you talk about food... Yeah, you could say, of course, uh, there will always be people that go really for an extreme diet, uh, looking at weight loss. But the majority of consumers, yeah, we think are really looking for incremental changes and looking at the food they love and making small kind of steps, improvement steps to, to make them slightly more healthy. Uh, so to give maybe to make it a bit more tangible, it can be a cake that is uh, yeah, very indulgent, but also does something good for you. For example, enriching it with proteins or a... Uh, maybe even uh, galacto-oligosaccharides to improve your gut health. But it could also be a pizza, not generally known as the most healthy food. Uh, improved in health, for example, adding a, a wholesome base as a crust instead of a normal pizza crust or looking at a cheese that is, uh, contains slightly less amount of salt. Yeah, we see that uh, obviously with price increases also of the raw materials we buy of, of dairy. So we, we see this really, and yeah, no one knows really where it's going to end. Eh? Is it only a, or relatively only a, a few percent or a, a 20% increase, or will it double or triple or quadruple even in in price? We don't know. What I hope and what we've also seen in, in COVID, I think people have become a bit more aware of the food that they eat and actually think it's a good thing that people scrutinize the labels of, of the food. I mean, you are in the end what you eat. Um, yeah, and I think I hope that for, for consumers in general, that, that you look a bit more closely at, is this really necessary? And some point, of course, health is important, but uh, there's definitely the other trend as well, that people want to indulge themselves, uh, which we also see as the, the second global trend, lovely luxury experiences. I mean, I think everyone, uh, not sure about you, but everyone will re realize sometimes yeah, you have the need to really let go and go completely indulgent. Uh, you see that, for example, with cheese now, cheese uh, um, sauce uh, put on fries, uh, so loaded fries you see everywhere. So people really try to uh, in, in make it even more unhealthy in that sense. 
I think it can go both ways. I think consumers will generally become more conscious. And maybe in home, I mean, making your own food is always uh, cheaper than buying it uh, out of home. On the other hand, we've seen in other industries that uh, despite, uh, for example, iPhones are very expensive, we still see people find the money to buy an iPhone uh, just because they uh, they really need it. So, yeah, let, let's see what the future brings. I think or we think it's it's twofold. So on one hand, we've seen uh, with all the lockdowns that um, where you normally would go to a top restaurant for a specific experience um, or a shop around the corner. That was really like, yeah, you, you went out of home. That was the default. And that was not possible for a few months. And yeah, I think food service or the food delivery really increased. And also those restaurants had to find ways yeah, to survive. And you see so much new innovation about top restaurants developing kits with uh, online videos to help you prepare your own food or restaurants did their home delivery or, or takeaway. So it really became just an app away, all those fantastic dining out experiences, which provides also now a challenge. I think for now, now in some places in the world, you are allowed to go out again, how to surprise consumers again, because they can have some of those uh, indoors. But uh, for example, I, I live here in the Netherlands and there's a, a cheese bar that opened up uh, after the lockdowns and that serves cheeses on a on a sushi train, which I found really nice experience. I mean, cheeses I can buy at home, but I don't have an, a sushi train where it passes by and you can match it with wines or, or tea or, or beer, whatever you like to have. So that's one side of it. I think the other side is it's about a bit more adventure. So we asked consumers about how important new food experiences are for them. And a massive 75% of consumers told them that it is very important. So we really like to be surprised. Uh, and another 10% states that being surprised is moderately important. So I think there's a huge potential also for manufacturers to tap into that. And when we talk about uh, new food experiences, uh, we have labeled that as a micro trend uh, hybrid happiness. That's unusual and unexpected combinations of taste and, and textures like mashup. And uh, to give here an example, which is also in the trend report, by the way, it's called a, a croffle. But it's, um, it's a mashup uh, defined in, in, I think, developed in Korea, where a lot of food grazers start. Uh, it's a mashup between a waffle and a croissant. So what you do, yeah, you have your croissant dough. And of course, uh, we would recommend to make it, make it with our texturized butter. You have a croissant um, uh, dough, you roll it out and you bake it in a waffle maker rather than in an oven. And then you get a completely different texture, really crispy. And it matches really well with a variety of toppings or savory and sweet. So that's, uh, yeah, these really nice mashups that I think uh, can really surprise a uh, consumer. Consumer preferences vary so much across the planet. And uh, for example, in Southeast Asia, they consume a lot of milk tea, which is quite uncommon in, the, in my part of the world. So hard to come up with one solution. But what I would recommend is to really acknowledge the fact that uh, this, after this enforced absence of loved ones in the lockdowns, and some people are still in this phase, um, that sharing with your friends and family, these occasions of meeting up again, sharing really nice food is important. And it's kind of a ritual. So for example, uh, sharing a nice piece of bread that you made yourself with your homegrown or, or locally bought ingredients really, I think, is, is, is nourishment um, uh, for the soul as well. 
And so I think it's also, yeah, recognizing that, that this, this, these are rituals and hey, bread for sharing. And we've done that as a humankind for thousands of years. And there's other pastries, really nice, uh, nice food, homemade, that is stepping into that. Uh, and next to that, it's also about, uh, yeah, stronger social conscience. So where is this food coming from? Having a story about it. And that can differ, of course, per consumer, what's, what is important to them. What we see locally grown um, or, or homegrown is uh, is really picking up. And I think I'm not sure about you, but I think many people also during the lockdowns have managed to grow some food in their home on their windowsill, for example. Some cherry tomatoes in general work uh, are pretty easy to grow or in my case, a roof terrace. So, uh, yeah, that's I think really you put in your own efforts and your own love and you put it in the in the food that you consume. So yeah, I think it's the ritual side which I would recommend to look into. Yeah, we, we do have quite a lot of customers. Eh? We love working with our customers um, that are in that industry. Yeah, we see uh, the, coming back to the first global trends, uh, people try to make small steps in improvement. I think a few years ago, this was really like, no, but if it's healthy, it doesn't taste good kind of perception, which I think is now really different. So I think, yeah. Like typical Christmas food that is that is uh, like a bunt cake, which is, I think, pretty common. You can still make those adaptations to, for example, make it more healthy by by adding um, a oligosaccharide, for example, which is known for its uh, its gut health. Yeah. So I think people probably expect, I think, also still some familiar foods. But then you'd still within that you can make a lot of different changes and these mashups as well. Eh? If you, I think we, there's so much. Um, variations to do when you look at still a, a Christmas dinner and to surprise customers and consumers alike. And that's what I, yeah, that's what I continue to laugh about working in food. It's like you have all those regional preferences and regional rituals, available food, uh, etc. So, so much inspiration there. <laughs>